I'm not a poker player, but it's a fascinating thing to watch when it's a high stakes game. Every player is looking for something that gives them the edge. They want to have a tell for the other person so they can tell what they're doing. Are they bluffing? Have they got a good hand? And the professionals will study each other. They watch film. They watch the other person and they also watch themselves to make sure they don't uh, give off an edge. But in the busyness of life for us as men, we can often feel like life is on autopilot, that we're just trying to survive. And so getting a mental edge on anything can seem like a dream. And the reality is for a lot of us as men is we've lost that mental edge. And what we've seen is as men have lost that mental edge, society has deteriorated. We need men who are willing to become critical thinkers, men who are born for more than just surviving. They don't just let life pass them by, but they engage with life. So we're going to learn how to increase our mental edge as men on today's show. You're going to love it. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. Hey guys, welcome to the Confident Man Podcast. I'm glad you joined me here today as we talk about how to gain a mental edge, increasing our mental edge as men. Now, when I was young, I remember a commercial. It was actually a very powerful commercial. It was uh, one where different things would happen, but it always end with the same tagline. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. If you're old enough, you remember that commercial. I don't know if they still do it today or not. I try to avoid all commercials as possible. But it was huge when I was a kid. And it's a very true statement. And I think it means a lot to us as men today. In fact, I think it may mean more to us because a lot of men, their minds are getting lost. And it's not just from, uh, from within, it's from without. Our minds are under attack. We see all these portrayals of men. You know, I've talked about it before, the goofy man syndrome, where you ever notice that every sitcom, every man is goofy. They're just goofy. And I understand it's for comedy, but it just seems like we're kind of portraying men that way all the time. Or you've got the goon guy or the F boy, you know, the guy who just wants sex with anything and everything. And a lot of guys fall into that, but I, I wonder if some of us are portraying characters we've seen more than really figuring out who we are. And I think that's happening to a lot of men. I was watching an adventure show recently, and it was funny how almost every man on the show was just kind of not good. I mean, not that he was a bad guy. He was just kind of a wimp. You know, they couldn't really do a whole lot. They didn't fight a whole lot. You know, and, and of course, there's a couple of women characters in the show who were just incredible. They had brains. They had all this stuff. And, and I'm not, you know, saying that that's a bad thing for the woman. But when they show a 120-pound woman beating up four men who are over 200 pounds, I kind of have a problem with that. Okay, that's just not reality. And, and so it's one of those things that I'd like to see more men step up. Now, strong woman character, I love them. I think we can have them. And there's nothing wrong with a woman who fights. But here's the deal. Men, we're the ones who should be the fighters. We're the ones who should be the leaders. 
And I get kind of tired of how media always portrays men as backwards, as goofy, as kind of lost. And I think we need to step up and show them that we're not that way. Now, the problem is, I think some of it may be that that's how a lot of men are. And we have to understand something as men, no matter how we're portrayed or how we're attacked, the responsibility of our minds is our own. We can't blame anyone else. We have to change how we look at our minds and how we treat our minds. No one can do it for us. You can go around blaming mom and dad, situations, somebody hurt you. But in the end, our response is ours alone. What happens in our head as men has to be controlled by us. When we, when we look, think about our minds, it's amazing that the power of yourself in so many ways defines what you think about yourself. As men, how we think about ourselves defines how we act and how we allow ourselves to be treated. Our mental edge is up to us as men, and it's time for us to do something about it. So in this show, we're gonna look at how to begin to control our thinking and get the mental edge. The first thing we do is see our brain as a muscle, then we engage in brain training, and then we fight passive brain syndrome. first thing we want to look at if we want to increase our mental edge as men is we've got to see our brain as a muscle. We've got to think of our brain as a muscle. Now, it's not literally. I mean, you don't grab a bunch of weights and put it around your head and try to lift it with your head. You know, unless you're an esper, you know, you can't pick up things with your brain. And, um, you know, espers aren't really real. But anyway, your brain is actually an organ. Okay, that's the truth of it. But it does respond to stimuli in many ways that are similar to muscles. See, when you stretch your brain, when you try new things, when you learn new things, you're actually building up all the neurons and passageways that go on in your brain. Now, I'm not a brain scientist, and I'm not going to get into all that. But it's what happens. And as you think about different things, as you do different things, different areas of your brain light up. And when you're trying new things, you're actually stretching out your brain and you're learning and you're growing it. So here's the deal as men, we control what goes in our brain and we control how we use it. And we've got to understand that it's just like a muscle. If you wanted to build up a muscle in your body, you control what you eat and you control how it works out. It's the same thing with your brain. And a lot of it is done intentionally. And that's how you want to see it in your brain. And it's something as men, we've got to keep working. You know, we've got to keep thinking about moving in that direction. And, and it starts with just the basic question we ask ourselves. What am I doing to work my brain? What am I doing? How am I working it out? And what we have to do is make the choice to work out our brain. We have to intentionally use our brain and keep it active. It's just like our body and we have to use it or we'll, we'll kind of flow into that consumer oriented mindset. And that consumer mindset doesn't think for itself. What it does is allow other people or other things to think for it. It just receives information. You know, have you ever sat on your phone and just scrolled through a bunch of stuff, you know, 
uh, whether through reels or TikToks or whatever. And the next thing you know, 20 to 30 minutes of your life has just vanished. You don't know where it went. You didn't really think anything. You just kind of consumed a bunch of stuff. And I'm not saying sometimes you don't need that as a diversion. What I'm saying is when that becomes the norm, that's a problem. Because the truth is for us as men, men are thinkers. Men are thinkers. We, we ponder deep things. And we need, to, we need to think that way again because actually in society today, most people don't think of men as thinkers. You know, with terms like toxic masculinity and all the other things that go on out there, we don't really look at men as great thinkers. A lot of society looks at men as predators. Now, there are a lot of men who are predators. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, we should ignore them. No, we need to actually prosecute them and put them in jail so people stop doing those things. But the great thinkers in the past were men. You know, thinkers like Tesla, Einstein, Newton, Da Vinci, Aristotle, Archimedes. These were all men who were great thinkers. And what we have to do is remember that we have a brain that can do that. We shouldn't forget that. We shouldn't feel shamed by the actions of other men. Now, were all these great thinkers perfect? No, of course not. No one is perfect, but these men were willing to think for themselves and become the thinkers of the day. And that's what we want to do as men, is, is we need to look at ourselves as, hey, you know what? I'm a thinker. I can think about deep things. I can ponder big questions. I don't have to leave it up for someone else. Because what a lot of men do, they just say, oh, that's too much work. And that's exactly what it is. It's work. It's work to think. And if your brain isn't prepared for it, it can't do it. So what we have to do as men is exercise and challenge our brains. We've got to work it to build new neuron pathways. You know, atrophy is a problem that causes your muscles to weaken when you don't use them. And I'm afraid it's become a big problem for a lot of guys today. Their brain is kind of atrophying. They're not really using it. So what I want you to do is think of your brain as a muscle. Think of it as something that works out. And let me ask you, what are you doing to challenge your thinking? What are you doing to grow your thinking? Because when you do that, then you'll become the thinker that you were always designed to be. The second thing we want to talk about when it comes to increasing our mental edge as men is how we need to engage in brain training. Now, again, if you think of your brain as a muscle, like we talked about in part one, we really need to find some ways to train our brain. We've got to adopt an attitude of training if we want to be men who think. If you want to be a man who's deep, if you don't want to just be a caricature, then you have to think. No one can do it for you. And you say, well, you don't understand, Dave. A lot of people have done things to me. People have been against me. I get it. And that may have happened. But in the end, you're responsible for your brain. You're responsible for how you think. You're responsible for how you respond. And you can do something about it. And what you want to do is become a man who's himself. See, we're not trying to be someone else. What you want to do is be the best version of you. So I'm not saying you have to think like someone else. I'm not saying you have to act like someone else. What I'm saying is you want to intentionally do something to grow 
you because you're the one who has to grow. And the only person who can make it happen is you. No one can do it for you. Now, one of the best ways to do this, and you may or may not like me when I say this, is you've got to read, you know, and, and people say, oh, I hate reading. I hate it. Well, get over it and just go do it. You're a man. It's what we do. You say, well, reading is hard. I don't read very well. Get help. You can learn to read better. And a lot of times you can read better as you read more. Now, when I say read, there's a lot of ways you can do it. You can read a paper book. You can get a Kindle. You can listen to, to audiobooks. You know, there are great magazines you can read. There's even online articles you can read. The thing you want to do is read because reading stretches your brain. You say, well, I watch documentaries. Again, documentaries aren't bad. I mean, there's some bad documentaries out there, but there's some good ones out there. But they're still feeding you. They're spoon feeding you. When you read, you're actually engaging more of your brain. You're not a consumer. You're an active participant. Now, when I say read, I think you should read nonfiction stuff, stuff that builds you up, stuff that grows you. Uh, you could read history and stuff like that, but you can also read fiction books. All reading engages your brain. All reading activates your brain in different ways. So read different things. Don't just read the same thing all the time. Read uh, different genres. Read different authors. Find things you like. Find things you don't like. And give yourself permission. You may start a book and get halfway through and be like, this isn't really a great book. That's fine. Put it aside. I heard Michael Hyatt say this one time and I thought it was good. He said, it's the author's job to keep you engaged. And if they don't do it, you don't have to keep reading their book. And that set me free because a lot of times I would be reading a book and I would just slog through it thinking I've got to finish it because I started it. But then I realized that's not up to me. Now, I'm not saying you should quit everything you read or that sometimes you're not going to read things that are hard. You should read things that are hard. You should read things that challenge you as a reader. I remember one time I was reading a C.S. Lewis book. Uh, it was actually his autobiography. And he kept referring to all these other books and things that he just assumed everybody has read. I hadn't read any of them. I felt like an idiot, but it challenged me. And then reading his nonfiction stuff is really challenging because he goes deep and you have to really dig in deep to understand it, to grab a hold of it. And sometimes that means rereading a sentence. Sometimes it means slowing down. And that's okay. Because reading is one of the best things you can do for yourself as a man. So I want to challenge you to read. Read. If you read it with a Kindle, great. If you read paper books, great. You know, audio books, I listen to a bunch of books. And that's a great thing to do. All of it, it's good. And here's the deal. You can do most of it free. It's called a library. You know, almost every town has a library. And now a lot more libraries are going online in different ways to where you can order your book and just go pick it up. You don't have to walk through the library. Uh, a lot of them have books you can listen to for free. So you can't play the old, well, I don't have any money. Well, you don't need money. Libraries are there. Your taxes pay for it. Go use it. Use your local library. You know, find a way to read books of any type, right there. You get it free. And the good thing about libraries is there's a deadline. They say, hey, in two or three weeks, you got to bring this back. So guess what? You got to finish it. You don't want to be overdue. 
So it's kind of a good way to put yourself in an accountable relationship. The library, you know, you don't want the library lady coming out to your house and beating you down for the book. So it gives you a way to kind of push yourself to read. Another way to challenge your brain is podcast. You know, you're listening to this one, which is a good thing. It's challenging you. But you want to find those podcasts that help you think, that help you to think critically. You don't want to just listen to sports or comedy podcasts or, or the true crime podcast. I mean, those are fine for sometimes, you know, they're kind of like fiction <laughs> in a lot of ways. But you want to find those things that develop your thinking. Listen to people who may challenge you. Listen to things that make you think, okay, what do I think about this? What do I think about this thing or, or this situation in the world? You know, I've been listening to some new podcasts recently uh, from people who just approach things from a very different perspective. And it's been challenging for me and I've enjoyed it. And it's challenged my thinking. You know, it's made me say, okay, what do I think about this? How do I think about that? You also want to have some planned thinking time. And when I say that is a time where you create a thinking environment to where you can be creative in your mind. You want to find those things that work for you. What's a good thing for you to just uh, spend some time thinking deep thoughts, thinking about your purpose, or maybe trying to write something yourself or becoming creative? You know, some people, it's walking through the woods. They love nature. They love getting out in the middle of nature. Um, one of the things I do that helps me when I want to write and really create, if I'm wanting to write a bunch of podcasts or I've been writing lately a lot of stuff for my new membership uh, that's coming up. And, and so I'll go to a coffee shop. I don't know why, but sometimes I just need to get out of the house because I work at home. I work in my office and sometimes it just kind of closes in on me. So I'll go to a coffee shop, put on some noise canceling headphones, get a large glass of tea and I can just sit there and just write. And I put on specific music. Like for me, soundtrack music is one of the best musics for me to uh, create to, to write to. There's no words. I don't have to think about it. So you want to do that for yourself. What are things that help you think? You know, one of my favorite times also is when I'm driving. When I'm driving, a lot of times I'll put music on and just think. Think about stuff, create stuff. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do it. So what you want to do is find what works for you. Don't, you know, you can try what someone else does and see if it works for you, but find your thinking time, that time to go deep in your thoughts. And don't just take a nap when you do it, okay? You know, don't, oh, I'm going to lay in my bed and think. No, that's called a nap. And naps are fine, which speaking of, we do want to talk about sleep. Sleep is important. And as a man, you need to get your sleep. You've got to carve out that time to get that sleep. And the only person who can make it happen is you. Now, you know, if you're in one of those stages of life, you got young kids and things are kind of crazy. Hey, I get that. You get sleep when you can. But understand, that's just a season. You don't have to live that way. A lot of people say they don't have time to sleep, but it's because they're not making time to sleep. And they're not adjusting their life around it. It may mean doing less entertainment stuff, but you can get your sleep. You know, for me, one of my favorite times to write and do things and think is early morning. Uh, I get up early in the morning. I usually, I'll read my Bible. If I'm, if I'm reading other books with it, I'll pray. And then at that time is just real quiet. And so it's a good time for me to think about how am I doing? How's my purpose? What am I doing? And I started that when my kids were little because it was the only quiet time you could really get. 
You know, I got up before my wife, before my kids, everybody. And now it's just part of me. I love the early morning. But I learned the key to getting up early is going to bed. And that's hard. But hey, you got to do it. That's brain training. And you also want to work on things like listening better, you know, to keep your mind from wandering. If you're listening to someone, put your phone down, put your watch down and really listen. You can also do some other things like there's productivity hacks out there. Like I've done one called the Pomodoro method, where it's a 25 minutes on five minute break, where you set a timer and for 25 minutes you engage, you do, and, and you make things happen. And then for that five minutes, you take a break. You do that four times in a row, and then you take a 25-minute break. It's a simple concept, but it's one of those things. When I first did it, I was like, okay, this works pretty good. And every once in a while, I'll use that when I really want to have some productive times. So what you want to do is kind of do some of those things to engage your brain training. It could be something as simple as your diet. You know, looking at what do you eat? How do you eat? How much do you drink? How hydrated are you? Those all affect your mind. Have you ever eaten that big lunch? You know, like you go to the pasta bar at lunch and then you try to do any work in the afternoon and all you want to do is lay your head down and sleep. Well, you want to think about that. What are you eating? What's taking your brain out? You know, some people need caffeine in the morning to wake up, but some people, the caffeine kind of causes them to crash later, especially if it's laced with a lot of sugar. So look at those things that, that work and don't work for you. Having the mental edge starts with us Think taking our brain seriously. We make time to do some training. We, we make time to do that. We train. And when we do that, we're going to see our minds respond in powerful ways. All right, guys, the last thing we're going to talk about is how to fight passive brain syndrome. This one might be a little controversial. And I might get some comments from people, but I think it has to be addressed. And that's the reality of screens. You know, I'm not looking to bash screens. I use screens. I'm looking at a screen most of my day. But I think we should be aware of how much our screens rule us or control us. You know, whether it be a computer screen, whether it be a gaming screen, whether it be a TV screen or a phone screen. Because what we want to do is develop our critical thinking. Because it's really a thing of either you're a consumer or you're a critical thinker. And what we want to be as men is critical thinkers and not just consumers. I said that earlier and I'm saying it now. And, and you say, why? What's wrong with that? Well, consumers are given to emotional responses. And we see that in our society today. Consumers are people who only respond when things are just outrageous and they go crazy, like they read a headline or they see a show on something and they, they just want to have outrage. They just want to react. They don't really think it through. Like you'll see that when a show comes on, like Netflix, and it does a sympathetic portrayal of someone who may be an axe murderer. You'll see people go, well, gosh, they should let him out of jail. And they're just responding. They're giving an emotional response without really thinking through and going, okay, what's all sides of this situation? Critical thinkers take the time to give a well-thought response, and they don't just go by their emotions. Consumer thinkers just go on how they feel. And as a man, there's nothing wrong with your feelings, but you want to be a critical thinker too. Your feelings are important. You have emotions, and there's a reason you do but you also have a mind and you want to use it. 
And as men, as we become more consumers, we've given ourselves over to passion. A lot of guys are losing self-control today and they're losing their ability to act as men, which brings us to the reality of porn. You know, guys, porn is easy. It is. You can get it on the internet, uh, not even, it doesn't even take a second, but it's empty. You know, we, we've never seen a study about the long-term benefits of porn on the male mind. You know why? Because there are none. Porn is passive and it encourages men to go passive. So many men today struggle with porn and what it does is it makes them passive. And it's extremely addictive. The majority of men have some type of addiction to porn. They've either struggled with it in the past, they struggle with it today, or they may struggle with it in the future because it's built to appeal straight to the male mind. And what happens is it's a very passive existence because it encourages consumption and not relationships. And that's all it is. Porn is just about consuming. You know, you're consuming as you're watching or you're, you're consuming when you're fantasizing about being the guy in the video. But that's not a relationship. And so what's happened is our society has kind of been pornified to where we've created this hookup culture where people are just out having sex all the time. You know, the reality of sex trafficking in our world, a lot of it comes from porn. A lot of people in the porn are from sex trafficking. It's just a fact. And you can argue and you can say this or that or the other. You could tell me all about the benefits, but it's wrong. Because look at what's happened to our society as porn has become more pervasive. It's caught up to, to more men. It's hurt them. And I understand that. I had to deal with porn addiction back before the internet really blew up. And then I can't imagine what people are going through today. And so what you have to do is understand as a man that the reality of porn is something that will take your brain out. It will push you to passiveness. And a lot of guys today can't stay in a relationship because of how the sexuality of our society has impacted them. You know, men should approach relationships with intentionality. They should see women as children of God and not objects to be used, but a lot of them don't. They just want to consume women. They just want to put women on a scale. Is she an eight? Is she a 10? Is she a this? Is she a that? And what we want to do as men is begin to see women for as, as God's children, and we want to be in relationships with them. And what we don't want to do is allow the, the message of man hate that's out there to cause you to get bitter to women. Because that's where the feminist movement has gone into, where they're just hating on men. And what we want to do is combat that by learning how to respect and honor women. Because what you want to do is be a man who focuses on being a man of quality. When you fight passive brain syndrome, you're saying, I'm a man of quality. I'm a man who, who, is, who is a quality man. I know how to think for myself. I know how to live. And here's the truth, guys. Quality attracts quality. The truth is you don't want a porn star wife. You don't want a mom. And that's almost what we have now. Guys will marry someone who they say, oh, I can have sex with her. It's great. Well, you know, anybody can have sex. And then other guys marry a woman who kind of runs their life, who becomes their mom. You don't want that. What you want is a woman who's your partner and your lover. And that happens when you go for a quality woman, when you become a quality man. And as you lead yourself as a man, 
you'll gain the strength to be the servant leader your wife and family need you to be. The way to do that, though, is you can't go passive. You can't allow your brain to go passive with relationships. You've got to dig into your relationships and go after them. And what we can do even now is to keep growing our relationships. You may be married and think, hey, Dave, I've made it. I'm married. No, you've got to keep growing that relationship. It takes work. And when you have an active brain and not a passive brain, it becomes a joy to you. It becomes something you want to do. And so I want to challenge you, fight passive brain syndrome. Don't be a man with a passive brain. Be a man with a brain that engages and really lives a full life. All right, guys, closing out the show today, I want to challenge you that your mental edge is something that you can do something about as a man. You know, I've talked about a lot of different subjects, and there may be some in here that you struggle with. There may be some things happening here where you've realized I've got passive brain syndrome. And I'm not saying that to, to put you down. I'm saying it now to challenge you. You can do something about it. Now, understand Having a mental edge doesn't mean you have to be super smart and have all this brain knowledge from school. You may have not had great grades in school. I don't care. You can still have a mental edge. You can still have an active growing brain that is engaging with your life because it really has to do with how you use your mind, how you train your mind. Imagine a society where men control their thinking. Imagine a society where men are actively engaged in their brains. They're not passive. They're not consumers, but they're critical thinkers. Imagine what society would look like if men took that role that's theirs to lead themselves, to lead their families. It would be amazing to see what would happen. And it all starts with us learning how to see our brain as a muscle, to engage in brain training, and to actively fight passive brain syndrome. So I wanna challenge you today, do something about the way you think. If you increase your mental edge, I guarantee you'll be a better man. You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David the Maxwell. Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.